Zook, zook, Slenderelli. Zook, zook. Now, now, now. Look a little guy. Make a reason. Not a worry about. <laughs> we like you. Slenderelli like you too. She's nice, very nice. That's a better. Come on now. Zook, zook, zook. <laughs> Sorry. Is that the opening theme by Jerry Lewis? I'm okay with this. We're totally good with that. It's the opening theme song. Hooray <laughs> for Hollywood, yoy! Nice lady. Hello, Internet Dwellers, and uh, welcome back to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios Library. I am Jeff. Joining me on the other end of the internet, thousands of miles away, I mean right next to me, is Hug. TC. Hello, TC. <laughs> Hug. Hello, Jeff. Good to be here with you in the same room, in this, not thousands in, of miles away. Not thousands of miles away, in our studio, where all the celebrities sit and watch. It's, and it's Jerry Lewis, illusion. <laughs> Jerry Lewis just did the opening theme song, so that's another of the 40 people that are watching you us right now. have such a lovely theme song! <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Lewis, uh, but also slightly borderlining, borderlining on... Uh, uh, Woody Allen. It's hard to okay. It's hard to judge. Actually, I don't know who's whom. But yeah. put put on the spot to do a Jerry Lewis. All I can do is the Freud Laven with the going. And why are you doing the theme song? <laughs> it's okay because doesn't anybody from our generation just do that as Jerry Lewis? <laughs> if 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 not Jerry Lewis, they're just doing the Jerry Lewis analog from Animaniacs. Who That's said Freud Laven? <laughs> is the password. Freud Laven. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> call it call it a hunch. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. So TC, we are now welcome to the part of the show or the part of the show. Welcome to the part of the podcast where we have no longer doing a package movie. We are in the golden era of Disney. We have entered what will be a succession of some of the greatest, most classic, memorable films in the entire Disney library. Now, I am not going to lie. It took me about 20 minutes into this movie before I stopped expecting it to go into a new segment with a brand new story. Like, I was <laughs> waiting for the break. <laughs> hey, when is the short, when was the next short section start? No, yeah. this is, so we, we watched 1950s, 1950, Cinderella. This is, yes. we are out of World War II. We have the full Walt Disney Animation Studios force back producing this film. This, this is one of the most classic Disney movies entering one of the, the original golden era. Right. There's the Renaissance, the Disney Renaissance of the '90s, which we will get down the road. But this is the original golden era of Disney animation films. And I think it's obvious, it's it's very uh, noticeable that we we've hit that era because just watching this film, it is very different feeling. Like, like we got a little bit of it like during um, the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Like you could kind of see that they were edging themselves into this era of uh, of, of animation and of and of filmmaking. But you could really tell like once you hit here, you're like, oh, okay, yes. This is Disney as I remember it. You know, yeah, like this the, is the style, the the way it's drawn, the way it's animated, beautifully animated, by the way. Yeah. The, did you watch? I watched the Blu-ray restoration. I don't know if that's yep. what you watched. Yep, that's yeah, what the, I watched too. The backgrounds. Now, to, to talk about the Blu-ray restoration for a little bit, I am kind of 
I'm a little turned off by all the Blu-ray restorations they've done for all the Disney movies because Mm -hmm. they've cleaned them so much that the charm of the hand-drawn animation is slightly altered. It's it's a little – it's it's too clean, it's too modernized, and it and the charm of the hand drawn animation is, it's it's minimal. I'm not this is not a major complaint, but there's a li- there's a little uh, sadness in seeing the 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 absolute cleanness of the movie, you know. Right. Well, and that's like that's a problem that I've had just going slightly away from Disney, but that's a problem I have with like um, the the Blu-ray for like Charlie Brown Christmas or any of those like all those like 1950s, 1960s cartoons that have been digitally restored and in the best quality you ever see because you look at it and you're like, oh, I can see all the mistakes and all the faults and you can yeah. see the shadow of the animation cell in the background because it wasn't lit the correct way where you didn't see it. And it's like you almost, the, the cleanliness of it is almost its downfall because you see the faultiness in some in some of those. Now Disney, you don't see the the faultiness in it, but I agree they they kind of got rid of that. Like oh, it doesn't, it almost doesn't feel like it's hand drawn anymore. Yeah, it's it's super minor complaint because this the the restoration on this one is quite good. And oh yes, the, the movie itself is. We are out of that collection of short stories and unfinished films era. We're out of that because this this movie Cinderella capitalizes on all the strengths of everything they've done so far. They return to form with what we saw in Bambi, Cinderella, and Pinocchio, which would the would be the original era fairy tales. Right. And uh, there's oh, I I think someone commented on Facebook that they still felt this one followed sort of vignettes. Um, am I right? Did someone say something about that? Um, you know what? If they did, I apologize. I missed it. I did not see that, if that's they did. That's fine. I will um, look if you want to keep talking. <laughs> No, the what I there's so much to talk about with this movie, but what I'll say off up front is the script of this movie, the the cause and effect of one scene to a next, one scene to the next is is great. This is the definitive Cinderella. Anytime anyone thinks of Cinderella, they think of this version of Cinderella. Right now, Cinderella was already a wildly known fairy tale, a piece of of European Grimm's fairy tale, Hans Christian Andersen uh, folklore. It's been, it had been around for, it was timeless even when this came out. And to speak of the credit to the script, they blew through the intro because, Mm -hmm. all right, you all know this little girl who had a father, Mary, who needs a mother, step, uh, marries the evil stepmother, father passes away, girl becomes a scullery maid. Let's begin. (laughs) <laughs> Which, it's, by the way, I love that intro. I love how they addressed it because they addressed it in like still frames. Yeah, yeah, almost like very like minimal you're, animation. Right, like you're flipping through a book, and it's like the the occasional drawing that's inside of a children's book to kind of like yeah. aid in the story. Like I like that. I went, oh, that's that's really cool. Plus, those were really beautiful looking, and I'm like, okay, good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you got me. It's almost like it's almost like they recapped the previous unseen Cinderella film, and was just like, <laughs> yeah, this is what you need to know. Don't worry about it. You don't need to see that. And moving on with the real story. Subsequent Cinderellas have gone and decided to tell the story of Cinderella with her father and him passing away and meeting the stepmother and building up that whole what would essentially be the first act of the story, which is fine. There's there's Cinderella has been done. An innumerable amount of time. So if, right. you, if you're, you're not for lack of any variation of this story. But for this, the Disney one being the definitive one, to blow past that setup to just get to the point of the story, that's that's really great. A great way to 
execute this film, execute the story. And that tight script continues on in that, okay, we meet Cinderella. She explains what her dream is. We meet her little animal sidekicks. One of the animal sidekicks is captured. Hey, let me tell you about the cat. Now, here's the cat. That equals to Bruno. Bruno outside. Uh, then the stepsisters call. Then she goes upstairs. You meet all that. And that's the whole first act of the movie. Right. And I would argue that you don't necessarily need that whole intro about the dad and about like her Cinderella is a, is a little girl. Only so you sympathize, I guess, with Cinderella a little bit more because you can see this, like, like this, all the heartache that she's gone through at this point. Yeah. And now the stepsisters and the stepmother are just like, like, just laying it on thicker. But I still, <laughs> but I still think you, you, just the way that they they presented it in this film, you get that sympathy out of Cinderella. You see that they're kind of jerks to her. And oh yeah, you yeah. can tell she's not happy, but she's making the best of it. And mm-hmm. you still feel for her. You still know she's the the heroine of the story, and she's who you want to, you know, who you're rooting for. And you know, yeah, you could argue that, like, obviously, the stepmother and the stepsisters are very obviously evil. I mean, right, the cat's right. name is Lucifer. <laughs> I pretty yes, much that's it, like a that's like a like a red flag that that is not a good person. <laughs> I am planning on this cat being a evil little a little a hole, so I'm just going to name him Lucifer. Yep. But that's. That is shorthand animation at its finest. To, oh yeah, to design characters to from a visual from immediately when you see a character to understand their characteristics, their personality. That's that's Disney one hundred and one. That's that's animation one hundred and one, and it's it's not lazy because no. the de- the design aspects of each of the characters are very well thought out. I love Lady Treme as this as this villain because mm-hmm. everything works. To to paint her as a villain, like in the grand scheme of things, she's a she's a greedy, uh, selfish woman. But the tone of the music and the design of the backgrounds behind her, the way they play with light, very cinematically, in in painting her in every image she's in, her eyebrows, her expressions, she's she's a great villain visually, and not just in design, but everything around her. What I what I like is that speaking of the like, design, like I love that like her room and then the stepsister or the stepsisters' rooms are all very tall. They're drawn very tall and kind of thin, both as mm-hmm. characters and as the environment. And then you get to Cinderella, and her room is a very short, small. There's not a lot of wasted space. It's kind of showing that like like there's like it, I, I take that as like, and this is me looking far too deep into this movie <laughs> but we've done this in the past so i'm gonna keep going with it but like i i can see like like their like the stepsisters and the stepmother's rooms are all big and almost like a lot of wasted space like they're not using mm-hmm. all of that space mm-hmm. and then meanwhile cinderella has a little bit of space and she uses it all to like to the the biggest potential because she's up in the up inside the the uh the tower isn't the she? tower like, yeah that's where yes, her room yeah. is very classic very very i just continuing with like a medieval classic fairy tale of a princess locked in a tower you know <laughs> even though it's she's very, not she's married into princess or yeah anyways. yes yeah but it's it's a very humbling she's very humble she's not yeah. there's nothing selfish she's in this inherently good person and they, that that is in all of her design as well she's she's cute in how she wakes up and and futzes with the animals and mm-hmm. she's she dreams and she fantasizes and 
Like, and they now, let her bathe her, which is kind of strange. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, let's, let's just get right. Cinderella, little lazy. She's letting the animals bathe her. Let's just let's just admit it, everybody. No, no, she she's so good to the animals that they are willing to help her. But <laughs> you are onto something here in bringing up the animal sidekicks. This is definitive Disney princess right here. Yep. If you look, if you look at Enchanted, which is a Disney movie that's a send up of a lot of the classic tropes of Disney fairy tales. There's a crap ton of Cinderella in <laughs> in Giselle. She's she's got the animal sidekicks that help her clean and help yep. her get ready in the morning and that's that is definitive Disney. <laughs> and for the record, these animal sidekicks Cinderella could sell these sidekicks to I don't know like a circus that might be really into flying animals and oh, yes, a bear yeah. that can roll around and entertain people. She could sell them to a circus and make tons of money because they're they made a dress for her. <laughs> oh I, my goodness! I, Jacques Jacques the Jacques the mouse is mm-hmm. my first Disney character. <laughs> Obsession, I guess. I th- there's there's so much to credit Jack here for. First of all, I love the way he talks. I had a little Jack toy that I had mm-hmm. gotten in like a McDonald's Happy Meal, and he was a plush, like a little doll, and I carried that guy with me everywhere. <laughs> Well, it's so weird. Like I was trying to, like I I remember the mice in this film. Like I mean, now again, I've seen Cinderella. It's been mm-hmm. ages since I've seen it. I seen it. I remember the animals, but I I just don't. I don't remember like I don't remember Jacques. Oh like, Jacques! Come on. I looked at him and I went, <laughs> Oh yeah! Like I oh yeah okay this character, but I didn't realize. I think this character was in Cinderella. Like I think I was maybe confusing it that he was in some other later film. Like maybe like Sleeping Beauty or something. I didn't realize this was a Cinderella thing. And I got really yeah, excited because I was then trying Jacques. to like trying to remember Jacques and trying to remember like what, oh, what don't boy. I do I? I love the way Jacques, he talks. <laughs> Jacques and Gus. Oh yeah, Jacques and Gus are, are but uh, yeah, yeah, Jacques' way of talking. But this is a credit again, Disney right here is proving their strengths. This is a girly princess fairy tale, but being obsessed as a little little kid, little boy being obsessed with Jacques, they have all the right elements here to appeal to more than just little girls who want to be princesses. Right. They have the funny animal sidekicks to appeal to to the kids. And that that shows the strength of Disney like capitalizing on their strength of like, okay, we can appeal to this group and this group at the same time. Uh that's right. Never never making it too one sided. Right. Uh, you right. know, of a film that there's still things in this that that uh, non-little girls are going to enjoy. Like, like little boys can still laugh at it and have fun with yeah, it. Anybody every, can have fun with it. The Jacques versus Lucifer, as well as Gus and Lucifer, <laughs> is straight up classic animated cat versus mouse cartoon, yep. right? Yep. This yep. is Tom and Jerry. This is Sylvester and Tweety. This is classic, <laughs> classic Disney uh, cartoon animation. I really enjoyed like how funny Lucifer actually kind of was. Like... And like as mean of a character as he is, he's got a couple good, just kind of like funny, silly moments, and it's mostly like during the the Jacques and Gus like chase. But he's not just a straight up villain of a cat, mm-hmm. right? Right. <laughs> and now I, I can see like someone would say all these tangents and just these little sub scenes to to pad out the runtime of the movie or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I, I can I can understand why someone would feel that way, but I would say. Every one of those little scenes that shows them getting dealing with Lucifer and introducing Bruno just at the beginning there, introducing Bruno and the characteristics of 
the stepmother and the stepsisters, Drizella and, and Anastasia, all that in the first act plays a part in the climax. Right, because Bruno and Lucifer's relationship, and that saves the day at the end. Yep, and like and introducing all of those characters and showing like how uh, how connected they are to Cinderella, or how like I don't want to say like dedicated. That's maybe not the right term, but like um, like just how much they care about her, and then having be like, well, yeah, those are the logical like. Reason, they're the logical characters to be transformed, like into the carriage and into the like, because mm-hmm. like, they're because they're still helping her out. You know, yeah. they, you sh- you see the dedication they have to her and how much they care about her and want to help her out. And even in this case, they're willing to be transformed into the something absolutely not at all what they <laughs> normally are, and are willing to be okay with it to go help her and then help her get back home. Yeah, which that's... quick tangent, Ta- why? tangent away. Why did the horse not get turned into a horse? <laughs> no, that's the joke. Come on, that's great. This is the 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 fairy godmother who I you know, Jeff, is this is this an aged blue fairy? Have we oh. mm, yeah. No, the the <laughs> the fairy godmother and her and her for absent mindedness or yes. her illogical attitude of turn this into this and this into this is is it's cute, and again, this is classic Disney to create a character that is so memorable in less than five minutes of film time is incredible. Oh yeah, because the fairy godmother reminds me of like, like my grandma. Like she feels like she feels to me like a real person. She feel like I love that she's. I'm gonna say this. I love the fact that she's not some like thin, overly gorgeous, beautiful woman. Like I like that. She's kind of plumpy and she's kind of like forgetful and she looks like that, like maybe she's been doing this for a long time and she's gotten really kind of relaxed <laughs> with it, but doesn't quite remember everything because she has been doing it for a long time and is just trying to keep up with it. Like, I like that. But at the same time, there is still warmth and heart to her character. Yeah, she's very, very grandmotherly. She's yes. such an, a memorable character. That's that's amazing how little screen time she has and how important she is to the entire Disney library. Her appearance, her existence, and her song, Bippity Boppity Boo, is yep. is Disney to a T. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say, like, like as as a as a character that's got such short little uh, screen time, she also has a song, <laughs> which is like half of her screen time, which is well, crazy to be like, here, introduce this new character, give her a song, and she's out. <laughs> that's it. We we will see more characters like this over the course of the library. People who come in, get their moment in the in the spotlight, and get out. This is yep. this, and and we can talk about the music if you'd like. But mm-hmm. this is the first showstopper that you will you will find over the course of we will we will discover over the course of these Disney movies that right about in the middle there of every one of these, there's going to be the showstopper. The the never had a friend like me. If uh, if I may yeah. use Aladdin as an example, yep. the be our guest from from Beauty and the Beast. The we will see these over the course of of the more musical animated films. That this was the beginning of that of that formula, that element of the formula to to have the showstopper right there. And it's and, the song that everybody generally walks away from the film remembering like you know yeah. that song you you will all like yeah like everybody i don't know you could ask anybody about just since you mentioned it like fred like me ask anybody to name a song from aladdin and that's probably the one that if they don't know it by name that they'll mm-hmm. they'll be like this the one the genie sings that like, might be the first one yeah yeah well, before like, maybe whole new world but yeah maybe whole new world <laughs> only because celine dion made that a giant <laughs> hit as well uh, <laughs> we'll get to that later uh 
yeah, it's it's interesting to like to look at it that like, this was kind of the start. It's so crazy that 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 kind of started way back in the fifties, and mm-hmm. it and like so by the time that like our generation was watching Disney movies, it was just like an old it was an old hat. They're like, all right, well we have to have that song in it. That you know, this is the song. This is that song. This is our bibbidi bobbidi boo like that. Like it's crazy <laughs> to think that it was so it was such second nature 40 years later at that point yeah yeah but there's all the music in this the, actually the whole score of this film is top-notch the mm-hmm. yes yes the cheating score this is how you should feel that's what scores do when you really think about it yep. this one certainly does allow allow that to happen but the score of this movie is, is so wonderful, and it complements all these themes. There's a lot of musical motifs that they they play with right from the get go. With there's the opening song Cinderella, which is the just the opening credits. Mm-hmm. He's easy to forget that one. Right. But you have a dream is a wish your heart makes, which oh. is the the solo princess song that right. Cinderella sings and paints paints everything you need to know about her that she's this dreamer and and then you have Sing Sweet Nightingale, which Shows the inherent difference between these <laughs> terrible stepsisters and the beautiful Cinderella. And you know what? I never – I think about swing, Sing Sweet Nightingale every time I'm like mopping my floor in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that's all the lyrics. That's it. <laughs> it's just – Sing just... Sweet Nightingale, Sing Sweet Nightingale. That's it. That's the whole song. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't, I didn't actually uh, – I didn't – Make the connection that that was all the lyrics in the entire song. That's it, but it's this is the first time I ever noticed it was when it was playing, and and then I was like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> but then, then there's the callback to the opening Cinderella song, and that goes right into We Can Do It, where the mice make the dress. Right. And then we have Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, and we have So This Is Love, which is the, the song that she sings while dancing with the prince, and then all that comes to a conclusion in the end where we get a call back to a dream as you wish your heart makes like this, this is there's one, two, three, four, five, six songs with a, with a couple reprisals. That's a heck of a lot of music for, for this movie. (laughs) Yeah. For it, for coming out of, um, I mean, I guess there was like, obviously the, the package films had a lot of individual songs, but those were like, like a bunch of them were existing pieces of music that they use or that other artists had written for those pieces and they did animation to it like now we get back into here and there's like this is a full-blown musical at an hour and 14 minutes too mind you (laughs) this goes back to pinocchio and snow white in particular where it's someone had to to score this film to compose all the music for this film specifically for this film not borrowing music from anywhere else not using uh Song like one song that has nothing to do with another, but they really had to put a lot of effort, a lot of effort into this into this film's soundtrack and score, and they did beautifully. Oh yeah, did beautiful, and it, it, it's and it, it works. None of them, yeah, like you said, there's like there's one or two of them that are you know kind of, kind of forgettable because they're not the key ones. A dream is a dream is a wish your heart makes, and bibbidi bobbidi boop tend to be the two that everybody yeah. knows. But like all the songs serve a purpose and they work really well in the places that they do and they're they're perfect for the story there's not one that just like oh that doesn't uh, kind of seemed out of nowhere why is that song here right. that doesn't really fit so <laughs> if if you want to think more modern and uh 
in Frozen, that opening song where they're cutting the ice, is yep. so out of place in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that song, and we'll we'll get to that one someday as well, because um, that's on our list, right? Isn't Frozen part of this? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Okay, that's what I thought. Um, <clears throat> I have a feeling that like uh, that's that's from the like original draft of that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> like, just, it's just odd. Yeah, it's but just like, all but this? all the all the music here in Cinderella works towards the film itself, which which makes it that much more complete of a total film. Right. Um, let's see. Oh, let's, let's, let's talk for, actually, let's talk for a second about the prince and the kingdom. First of all, a tiny kingdom. I love that. That's the <laughs> once upon a time in a tiny kingdom, massive castle. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they, uh, you know, they, some people just didn't have their scale correctly. <laughs> I think back in that time, but, uh, <laughs> uh but, here, so hey, let me let me point this out real quick. So the okay. birds and the animals of Cinderella's life are these cartoonish characters that talk and interact with her. Mm-hmm. The very first scene, the very first establishing shot of the castle, there are two doves sitting on the ledge to the yep. king's window. They are not cartoonish animated speaking birds. They are very realistic looking birds. Where, where Cinderella has a horse that has expression and is obviously a little bit anthropomorphic. The <laughs> the horses of the kingdom are horses. They are. Right. There's nothing. Yeah, and that's a so, great distinction between the two worlds and Cinderella and is, versus and, the others. Right. And now, do you think they did that as a as a way to help show how like does this separate those two worlds? Do you think that's what they did on purpose? Like it was like del- the, yeah. deliberately done. So like Cinderella is more kind of, I don't not not necessarily naive, but she's not, she's not in that, that type of like upper class, not a upper class isn't even the right term either, but like, like she's got more of a carefree world. So the animals to her are her friends and they're people just like her. And, but you know, like all those other animals, like that's the, what the rest of the world sees. That's the question. Does the rest of the world see her animals as those types of like, <laughs> Like, are it's, they looking at her going, like, she's got, like, seven rats that and, might like, be, four birds? <laughs> that might be one of those hand-waving questions where it's, like, where you ask that and you just go, eh. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you – is that how you got out of answering my question? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm waving my hand at you. <laughs> I see how this is. On this podcast, a very visual cue of waving your hand. <laughs> uh, that's why I'm making the noise, too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Context so we have moves. the anyways we have yes. the ki- we have the king <laughs> and we have the grand duke, and right. these two are full on important characters to the plot of this film. I the prince himself is so un unimportant to any of these characters' motivations. He is he is a device for a lot of the means to the end situation. Like he's not he has like all of five lines in the movie. <laughs> Right. Now, does that mean that technically, like, the uh, the prince is the MacGuffin of the film? Yes, yes. He he, he very much is because everything everything revolving around the – of getting – putting the characters into action is regarding the prince. Right. But it's – but he's he's arbitrary. The king just dreams of being a grandfather and his son has gone off to war and he's returned and, and let's get him hitched so I can have more little ones running around the house. Right. And – and there, there may or may See, not be. <laughs> go ahead, it seems go ahead. so weird that it's the it's the king that wants that, and it's not the. <laughs> but I guess I guess then it, it it doesn't put any 
any remote, even though he's got, even though the king has good intentions, it doesn't put any kind of creepy or like weird tone to the prince. Because I almost feel like the prince being like, like, oh, I just came home from war and I sure could use having some children running around this. I want to find me a yeah. wife. He comes off as Gaston <laughs> at that point, actually. If you do it that way, right? Yeah, yeah of course. No, it's, it's, it's the king's motivation to to want to have little ones running around, and let's let's scrape a little deeper than we probably should here. There's a good reason why someone of of, of this character would want to have little ones running around. His wife is clearly deceased, right? There, there's which, no sign of the queen, which continues the ongoing Disney trope of parents that are dead. <laughs> it's we have two. We have two in this one because Cinderella's father has passed away, and the exactly. prince's mother has passed away. Exactly. And there's there's no mention of her, but with context clues, she's not there. So it's like, clearly... well, we don't ever see her, so clearly she's dead and not yeah. just off somewhere in the castle <laughs> the entire time. I but, but I love uh, the king is a great character because he's not there's nothing malicious in, in him at all. He is a nice he's a jolly kind of kind of out of like out of touch because of. Of just being stuck in that castle and and in his own little existence, but he's just he's motivated. He has all this love to give, and he just wants to have grandkids running around. And yet again, the king continues the Disney trope of being the elderly father with the mustache, who's short and rotund and kind of absent-minded. <laughs> they love that character, everyone. They love they, him. <laughs> they do. They do. But and then you have the Grand Duke, who's a a wonderful counterpoint, counter uh, sidekick to the king in this. Mm-hmm. This uptight, flabbergasted, just doing the best he can. <laughs> <laughs> and tries to just... Oh, like when he's trying to tell him that the uh, that the, the princess got away. Right, <laughs> right. Like, he's like warming up outside and it's like, like that's it, sir. He got away. Okay, I'll say that. Okay. <laughs> that's, that scene when he's talking to the chair before he goes in to talk to the king <laughs> is great. That humor works to this very day. Yeah, and I was just say that feels like a gag that would be in a Disney movie nowadays. That whole like misdirect, like you think he's talking to it. Oh, he's no, mm-hmm. he's, he's he's trying to work up the nerve before he actually talks to the king about it. Yeah, sure, sure. One might call that a a, a cinema sin or a cliche that that talking to practicing the speech before actually doing it, but it works there. And there's another great joke that is so contemporary to this day, which is. When the king freaks out and the Grand Duke is like, sir, your blood pressure. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird, like... That they were there. That you know they made those. They make those two jokes, which are very yeah, are very contemporary jokes. Like obviously, that is not topical to the the time that this film is supposed to be set in <laughs> at yeah, all. Yeah. But like that's that was obviously a we're breaking we're breaking any kind of like time time continuity for this gag because this gag is funny <laughs> and people will think this is funny. That's yeah, funny. Blood pressure was a thing. It still <laughs> is. <laughs> I don't have blood pressure. But. Oh, but- None at all? <laughs> no, not at all. What are, you, what are you talking about? I'm part of the modern day. People don't have blood pressure nowadays, mm, DC. Mm, yes, they just, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but the, so look at the characters that have names and development and arcs mm-hmm. and stories stories to tell. The prince does not have one. He is, right. he is not all that important. And the, the weird thing about the prince, while watching it, I realized I'm like, I, I thought, I always thought, I guess in my head, I thought he was in it more. I thought he was more of a character. Ah, he does you know? not show up until the 48 minute mark. 
And and he's only seen for what, like five, six minutes maybe? And then Cinderella leaves, and then the whole glass slipper part is being handled by another person, not the mm-hmm. prince. Mm-hmm. And then he shows up at the end when they're running out of the castle, having been married. Like, like oh, he's he's in it for maybe ten minutes total. Yeah, because <laughs> out of the- in in terms of storytelling, in terms of of what what is being said in this film, that's not the important part. the The important parts are the themes of hope and and dreaming and the inherent goodness that Cinderella has and the the pressure that other characters put upon one another throughout the course of the film. Yes, apples are apples, I know, and and this might be looking deeper than we should, but why not? Why not look at what's here? Because, and now, Jeff, this is another point of conversation, Mm -hmm. there's criticism towards classic Disney movies, especially classic Disney princesses, that they perpetuate stereotypes as well as perpetuating um, bad messages to little girls. Right. That, oh, you should just want to marry a prince and be happy. That's that's what little girls should want. Because he's going to come along and he's going to take you away and everything's going to be great and fine and you don't need to do anything. Yeah. I argue that this movie does not do that to the degree that people accuse it of doing. Because Cinderella herself, right at the beginning, she doesn't dream of being in the castle like Aladdin. She Once that bell goes off, oh, that clock. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I hear you. She's not interested in the... The, the kingdom itself. She, she's content in her own little world for, for as sad as it might be. Mm-hmm. And the opportunity to, to have her hopes and dreams come to realization is, is not about, oh, now I can go fall in love with the prince. No, it's now I can wear a pretty dress and get out of the kitchen and go and just be fancy for one night. Right. I'll even dance with this very handsome guy that, that swept me off my feet without even knowing it's the prince. Like that was – she didn't care. Right. All she cared she about was – She just wanted to go out for a night. She wanted to get away from her life just briefly to enjoy yeah. herself again. And, and when the when the message when the king the decree that whoever fits the slipper will be able to be her to be the the queen or be the princess, I I interpreted that as oh my god, this is the this is the scholarship to the college I always wanted. This is the job opportunity I've been waiting for. This is this will change everything. Right. Not oh good I'll get married like that was not. I don't ever see any moment in the movie where. That is what she's thinking, right? You and could, and it, it's easy. And like, there's there's obviously, I would like to think that there's been a, like a period of time between uh, Cinderella them finding her at the end with the glass slipper and then them getting married. Yes, I, like think, I wrote the same thing. <laughs> I wrote the same thing. They did not get married right away. Surely there was some courting. <laughs> there was some courting there. She probably went off. She probably explained to the prince the life that like who she is, and he fell in love with her for who she is, and they made yeah. a deal. And she's not just a you know not just there looking pretty being a princess that she probably i like to think that cinderella probably still kind of helped around the castle yeah you know what you know jeff we we may be just dreaming and wishing right here but hey a dream that you wish (laughs) can come true (laughs) but i wrote the same thing cinderella they they do have at least one thing in common that that could potentially bond them together and that is the loss of parents cinderella doesn't have a mother or a father 
and and the prince lost his mother. And you better believe that that king is going to be one of the greatest father-in-laws of all time. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. <laughs> so they, because he'll, they, he'll see he'll see his potential uh, or future daughter-in-law as as a person who comes from a family much like his own. Yeah, for the loss of a of a of a parent or parents actually because cinderella lost both of her parents that's right that's right which is really depressing when you think about that like (laughs) (laughs) but like he should he would look at her as like well yeah she's not just somebody who wants the money much like the stepsisters the stepsisters in this film are that character of we want to get married to the prince so we can live a life of luxury like that's who they are and are willing to like, and, and you see them going, you know, to extremes to try to. Now, obviously, they don't go to the extremes that they do in the book because right. the <laughs> book is brutal. Yeah, they, they cut off their heel and they cut off oh, their toe. Oh, oh and, the, wow. and then the glass slipper gets filled with blood. <laughs> oh, it's so gross. Anyways, but they still like they're willing to lie about it. They're willing to like cheat about it, and they're willing to lock away the person that they know very well is the the real person. That, that they're looking for. They know Cinderella. It, well, at least the stepmother knows Cinderella's the one. So mm-hmm. um, I can't remember if the stepsisters do. The, no, they they never put two and two together. They're not okay. smart enough. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of what I thought. Like I don't remember them being smart enough to know that. So, but but like they're obviously they're willing to lie and cheat to become that, and that's what like Cinderella obviously is not. You know, right. and that's that's a that's a nice separation, and that that goes to show like can I really do feel it like goes to prove like what we're saying that that it's it wasn't just a immediate marriage. It wasn't just a like that's that's not why she was doing it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she didn't sit there and and like longingly look at the castle and uh, you know from her window and talk to the animals about you know someday maybe we'll be there or some you know wouldn't it be nice to live in a big like she never talks like that in the film. No, no, she she is happy to uh, exist as she does. She dreams of something more, uh, but she won't say what that dream is because if she tells it, it won't come true. Right, and and that's that's what I would say to to people who criticize. Disney fairy tales in this fashion that it's like, oh, it's perpetuating stereotypes. And now, granted, they leave the sewing to the women is quite stereo is very yeah. <laughs> uh, that's stereotypical True. gender roles there. But yeah, um, there's a, an unselfishness to Cinderella, and that comes across in her entire journey through this hour and fifteen minutes. That, Which is that, a, it's, it, so it's beautiful. Like so so. It, it, We've 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 seen longer films. We've seen shorter films than this so far, and this is the one that didn't really feel like an hour and fifteen. Like I was I was watching it. I was getting into it, and I'm like, I'm curious to know how much time we have left. And I just I checked the time on it. And I'm like, oh, I have like twelve minutes left. Yeah. Oh, this is almost over. Wait a minute. I was I I didn't. I've already watched it for like an hour. Like it didn't even feel like an hour. Like I was just enjoying myself watching this movie. Yeah. The the conclusion which, sure sure does come quick. Oh, what were you saying? Which, which no 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 yeah that's it. you you said it. <laughs> the the end kind of just happens, but mm-hmm. still, and not in a, necessarily a bad way. No no because the, the resolution of all of the stories are it's there. You have the resolution. You have the you have the completion. Here's the tag. They live happily ever after. And now close the book. And that 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 there is the another criticism about the Disneyfication of fairy tales of stories in general that they always they always make them cleaner and and cuter and nicer but like for example Jiminy Cricket was supposed to die in Pinocchio if you go from the original source material and right. 
the stepsister should be bleeding to death if you go to the original source material. But that does that does nothing to for an audience other than shock them. Because when when those concepts were created, especially if you look at Cinderella, it was easier to tell people not to be a dick when you bled to death because you cut off a limb out of, <laughs> of greed and selfishness and putting the fear into to people through these fables and proverbs was more important than than entertaining them. And where right. Disney Disney's goal is entertainment, of course, there still is a, an acknowledgement of the lessons in the original fairy tales and fables. And so I I don't have any problem with the Disneyfication of Cinderella. We'll discuss in future movies if I do or do not. If any, if you Jeff or if I have a problem with <laughs> what they've done to the source material, right. but for now in in this film, it's it works. It's okay that they didn't kill the characters. Right? And, and <laughs> yeah, it totally, totally. And because it, it, it it wouldn't have been warranted. It would have felt almost out of place if they did that in this movie. Right. Look at the modernization of some of the Cinderella stories that have the the darker versions of them. You could look at something like Ever After, which is a little more PG thirteen, and and there there are any number of versions of this of this story. But I think that the classic Disney version of it is it's the simplest and it's the best. There's no exactly. reason to get overly complicated with these characters in such a simple message, which is. A dream is a wish your heart makes, but inherent goodness and, and don't be selfish and living that way could and can give you your dreams coming true. Right. Yeah. All you got to do is cry and go out to the park <laughs> bench and your fairy mother, fairy godmother will show up creepily underneath your resting head and arms. Mm, By the way, yes. so, so godmother's so got some stuff going on there. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff, fine. You you dig, you go ahead and scrape at the, the underbelly of Cinderella. Uh, I will be the eternal optimist right now. <laughs> okay. So if we're going to be doing that, let me bring up a couple other things then real quick. Please. Please Number do. One. Please. Do, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I actually, go ahead. okay. Okay. Number one, why? Why? Why did the slippers not turn back? Well, uh. everything else turns back at the end of the movie. Why did the glass slippers not turn back? It's uh, it's her gift. It's her gift for for following the rules. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll buy that. Good. Okay, good. Number two, <laughs> I have I have uh, I, I only have two more. <laughs> these and these are literally. It's so funny because my notes for this were very like very positive, very happy, and it, I didn't like really like nitpick this movie because I usually do in my notes just in case mm-hmm. I ever come up with them to talk about it. But like yeah. I get to the like I got to the end and there was it was these la- it was like the last ten minutes of the movie that I started nitpicking for some reason. <laughs> but like uh, so number two, uh, I really don't feel like the king's logic is very sound when trying to find the owner of the slipper because the whole premise is <laughs> is that the one that whose shoe f- or whose foot fits the glass slipper is our princess. Mm-hmm. Is Cinderella like some weirdo that do- that has very? By the way, she has very teeny tiny feet. She does. Like, yes, yes. So You're, maybe okay. Maybe that was the, maybe that's the logic behind it. No, no, you you missed it though because that is in fact acknowledged because the Grand Duke says there are thousands of girls in this kingdom. This shoe could fit any of one of them, and the king says doesn't matter. He said he would get married. I would get grandkids. Put it on someone's foot who fits. He said he'd marry her. That's it. So they they do acknowledge that that is a flawed idea. That is, but it also t- lend back to the script and the and the the goodness of the story in the script. She has the extra because 
she could put the shoe on and be like, surprise, I also had the second one. But no, the the way she proves that she is, in fact, the one worthy of that slipper is she has the other one. Right, right. Because, cause, which is which is funny because, I get, again, in my head, from what I remember, I don't remember her having the other one. In my head, she left the one behind. Also, she left the one behind, and it was the prince that finds the slipper. That's what I had in my head, not, uh, what was it, <laughs> no, the duke the, that found it? The duke, yeah, the grand so, duke like, finds it. So that. Also, in my head, I remember, because she only has one, that all of her stuff turned back, and they brought the one glass slipper. For some reason, the one that she left behind didn't turn back, but this is how I remembered it. And You remembered she, wrong. <laughs> I remembered it so incorrectly, it's not even funny. No, but uh, that's what I remember. Like, and obviously I was wrong. And I, I liked, it. I, I, I liked it as how it was. I was just, I needed to be critiquing. I needed to, to discuss course, yeah. the negative of this. I, and I'm, one, being, I'm gushing over this movie, so obviously we need. That. <laughs> it's good to have a counterpoint. Otherwise, we're just spending thirty minutes going. Yep, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have one final thing to bring up. And it's yeah. not actually. This is not a nitpick. I, I promise. This is because we we discussed the the, the slipper, um, and it's actually the final trope that I was able to record in this. The a villain of the movie falls to their death from a very high place. Yes, Lucifer does fall to fall to his death. We are we are once again at a Disney trope. This isn't the first time we've seen it because nope. it happened in in Bongo at, at the very least. Right. And I and, and obviously Snow White it happens with the uh, the wicked the wicked oh right Russia, duh, yes you know? <laughs> but like I, so what I started doing is I started uh, I separated the Disney tropes and the Disney firsts because gotcha. now I'm just trying to like see how often these things show up so in this film the Disney tropes the death of a parent the falling to the death of a villain because I count mm-hmm. Lucifer as a villain in this film yes yeah and he he definitely fell to his death right. I don't care that he's in the made for made for DVD sequels those don't count. Well, and there's like theories about this too, because I looked up that, and like the theories being that that well, you never see him actually hit the ground, and because he's a cat, he easily could have landed on his feet and been okay. Yeah. Uh, the other theory of that the whole cats have nine lives mentality. Oh, okay, okay. So maybe he just used up one of his lives, and he's completely okay. Like he was allowed to come back from the dead. Like I, I looked it up because I was curious. I'm like, really? Has okay? Has anybody done anything with this? Like, <laughs> who who's talked about this? Somebody's got to talk about it. But not uh, that I wanted the cat. I didn't want him to die. I'm just saying. no. He, he well, that's was, kind, he, it, it. Almost is kind of like oh, they they killed the cat. Oh, Brun- like Bruno they, got his uh, got his heroic moment he murdered a cat (laughs) he murdered a cat it was kind of crazy uh but since we're on the disney tropes let me talk about a disney first oh okay um actually now i'm sitting here wondering if this is not necessarily well you know what i think i count this Hmm. yeah i will count this i had written down that the villain of the movie the main villain of the film has an animal sidekick that is just as evil as they are Oh yeah, Lady Tremaine, Lucifer. That right. That would I don't. Let's see. No one in. No. Yeah. I, yeah. You did. The closest, yeah, that's the, definitely a first. The, the closest that I could think of that that I said a second guessed it was uh, uh, Honest Honest John. Right, but from they Pinocchio. are. But they're they kind are of animals. E- right. They are they're animals. And they're equal. Like it's not a human character with an evil animal. I, in mm-hmm. my mind, went to uh, Jafar and Iago. Like, that's Iago, where my head yeah. went. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, like that, right? So or Flotsam I, and Jatsum from, uh, Flotsam Jetsam from Little Mermaid with Ursula. 
Exactly. So like, and then obviously then you get, it gets borderlining a little bit because then you get like the Lion King and you have Scar and the hyenas. Like, uh, they're all animals yeah, technically, the, but they yeah, are still the, animal sidekicks, you could argue. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I, to, so to just reiterate the tropes we have, so the animal sidekicks, the um, villain falling to their death, deceased parents. Uh, I, I'm going to call the showstopper of Bippity Boppity Boo a first. I think that. Oh, I like that. Um, I like that. Okay. Well, um, I don't know if that counts. Well, I got no strings to hold me down. Like, is that counts? I'm I'm giving it to Bippity Boppity Boo. I think so. Because you know what, Bippity Boppity Boo feels more like what you would what you would think of as the showstopper song. Um, I got no strings. Feels like it's just another. It's another song in the movie. It feels like it's just another one. Plus, because there wasn't so many of them back then. Because mm-hmm. because in Pinocchio there's really there's only what like two three songs yeah I, um, I got no strings um, when you wish upon a star wish is from upon that, a star right? yeah is that it no well, we're talking about Cinderella who cares about Pinocchio <laughs> who cares about a movie that was ten episodes ago if you want to listen to us it, talk about that go there now or our number one from previous collection <laughs> oh yes but, oh my good oh my head hurts now oh no <laughs> the, there's also the solo hero song that the the introdu- the the Dream is a wish your heart makes is Cinderella's solo, which we will see through princesses through through all of Disney time from this point on. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing uh, all these down so I don't forget. <laughs> there's also the Goofy yell. <laughs> that is right, and it's yep. what it's the is it is it the King and the Duke? Is that when they yep, fall? The, when they fall from the chandelier, you hear. That's ah! right. <laughs> Which I'm just like, I love that that was like a thing that Disney put in his movies. And like nowadays you couldn't do that because it was so associated with Goofy. People would be like, why is Goofy in this movie all of a sudden? Oh, like, man. Though you could I, argue the Goofy <laughs> movie, you could argue that the Goofy movie, the Goofy scream is the original Wilhelm scream. Oh, no. It, I, you know, you can't call it the Wilhelm scream because it was around before the Goofy scream. But it is True. Disney's equivalent of, of the, the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> oh no! Does that mean? Does that mean I'm going to be annoyed by it from this point on? Because I hate the Maybe. Wilhelm scream. For, for those listening who, <laughs> for those listening who don't know precisely what we're talking about with the Wilhelm scream, the Wilhelm scream is this soundbite of a guy screaming that has been used since sound was put to film, and it <laughs> is everywhere it is this cliche scream that people sneak into movies all the time it's in every indiana jones every star wars yep it's it sneaks in it was kind of it was it was the thing that lucas and spielberg start excuse me that they started like reusing heavily in their films uh like like it was or it would have been used a couple of times just as a legit sound effect scream but when uh-huh. they when they started making the movies then they started using it and it was purposefully ah, done I can't, I can't I know it's such a unique sound um I you know actually Lindsay and I brought this up in one of our episodes of AFI cuz it was used oh man I don't even remember what it was used in what movie that was and I remember playing it then cuz I I sought out and found a crystal clear HD version of the Wilhelm scream. Nah. I'm an awesome kid like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I spent it, the 20 minutes to find that thing. <laughs> well, I if if people listening are interested, just go to YouTube, search Wilhelm scream compilate compilation compilation compilation, <laughs> and you will you will never not hear it again. Every time nope. it happens, now you'll be like, oh. And if there you've it ever is. if you've ever watched any of the CinemaSins. 
on <laughs> yeah. YouTube, he points out that it's always like some member of the Wilhelm family. <laughs> the Wilhelm family. <laughs> <laughs> like he always points it out when it's in a movie. So so definitely watch for that. Uh, so I have uh, I, I have I have two little things I want to talk about. I want to bring up a theory. TC. Oh, oh um, okay. I, I, I did find a, a theory for this one. Now, we're, we're starting to get into the more well-known Disney films, so these theories are ones that have definitely been popping up more frequently in the last like handful of years as well, okay. uh, because we're, we're starting to... We're, because we can, now we're in Cinderella. We're in these films that people have seen connections to other Disney characters and other Disney films, more more so the connection to Disney films from the last 30 years. Right, um, yeah. And this whole, like, it's all part of one big world type scenario, which I've already kind of been trying to connect earlier uh, earlier on in this podcast, <laughs> so I'm just going to keep going with it. But Go for this it. Is, this is only partially a theory, but it's also... Backed up by visual evidence because the oh. king, aha, uh-huh, because the king and the duke appear on the ship in the Little Mermaid as guests of the royal wedding. Oh, really? They are character, they, and it's not just oh they kind of look like it. no. It's it you compare them. It is they are drawn to look exactly like the king and the duke. Okay. Oops. Which means that technically, if we are to believe, and they're standing next to each other too, which mm-hmm. kind of makes me like, well, they're 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 obviously they're side by side, they're together. Right. So that leads the the theory to be that this movie, the Cinderella and the Little Mermaid, take place in the same uh, world. Okay. Okay. Where and and obviously Cinderella. I mean, obviously Little Mermaid. We we are we're thirty nine years away from it at this point. <laughs> uh, but we were only like. I don't know. We're only like 15 episodes away, actually, for that matter. So it's not uh, it's not super far. Uh, we are actually oh, we are 16 episodes away from that. So jeez, um, that's crazy. But they are on the boat. They're on a boat. Uh, they're on the boat for the royal wedding because you clearly see them. And when we get to Little Mermaid, we'll I'll, I'll, I'll try to remember to bring it back up again. But mm-hmm, they're on the mm-hmm. boat, so that means that means Cinderella and Little Mermaid are at least at least the king and the duke were invited to the royal wedding in that film. Wow, that's good eye. I, well, I mean, yeah. research it. So whoever found that, good eye. <laughs> good eye on them. And obviously when we get to Little Mermaid, there's additional connections. Because it seems like the last like 20 years or 30 years of Disney movies, like of, of our, or, like currently, uh, have started making more little connections to previous mm-hmm. Disney films. So we'll talk more about that okay. later. But that was, the, that was the one. So it's not really technically, well, yeah, the theory is, is that it's the same people, but you look at them and you're like, yeah, that's the king and the duke. Like, Oh, wow. So I know there's it. other connections from Little Mermaid, but is there any other connections to Cinderella? I jokingly said, could the blue fairy be the el- elderly, elder? Uh, could the good uh, fairy godmother be the elderly version of the blue fairy? Um, being there, silly, um, of course. But. Right. Unfortunately, I, I unfortunately I couldn't find any other like connections for Cinderella, okay. like to to her and to her herself. Uh, but it, that was the that's the one connection into that movie. But that does ultimately mean, like when we get to it, things like Hercules is 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 part of this world because mm-hmm. Hercules, like what, uncle is the is is Poseidon. Or is, is Little Mermaid's dad oh, right, or whatever, right. like, okay. like <laughs> little things like that. And, but then he's also, like, at one point, Hercules is wearing Jafar's skin from The Lion King. So that means so, uh, Scar, Lion King, or Scar, Scar. yeah, okay. not Jafar. So, like, there's <laughs> there's lots of, like, that, which we'll get to that stuff for all those movies. But mm-hmm. Cinderella, I mean, the movie Cinderella is connected to a dozen or so, or, like, at least a half a dozen 
of these films in the 80s and 90s and the early 2000s. <laughs> but huh. uh, so I'll keep I'll keep a lookout. But I haven't found anything keep, else for yeah. Cinderella herself. Okay. Okay. Well, of all the movies we've watched so far, oh no, oh this no, is, this one's easy. Come on, let's be honest. Let's um, be honest. <laughs> so it's my number six. And... Okay. Again with the six. <laughs> did you bump? Uh, did you bump Ichabod and Mr. Toad down or up? Then? Uh, ooh, good point. I'll say so. Ichabod and Mr. Toad went down to five, and then this oh. movie's number six. And no, I no. This no, is, not this at is all. number. This is number one. This, this is, number, is number, one. number one. I am yeah. like no, like I, I, I love the Sleepy Hollow bit, and I, I you know, I, and I, I enjoyed parts of the Mister Toad one, but I mean, come on, hands down, Cinderella is so much better than that movie. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was it is. so nice to see a full length film story again. Yes, watching these in order as they've been released, and it is very clear that we have entered a, a new era. Of Disney and the the movies we have coming up, this is this is going to be a difficult ten films. Oh, I, it is. I, <laughs> looking it ahead is. at what we have, there's some there's some incredible films in here that are that I'm I'm not. We're going to have very different lists. I know that. Um, <laughs> but uh, so the, go ahead, go. Ahead. No, 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 no. I was going to say like it's going to be very hard because there's also like it's there's like two or three of them here in a row that I've I've seen and I know, but then we do hit the the era um post 101 Dalmatians when we hit like The Sword in the Stone and Jungle Book and those those are ones like I have not really actually sat down and watched from beginning to end ever. Oh, I'm excited for those. <laughs> yeah, so it's like I'm I'm intrigued. I'm like, "All right, as an adult, like with you know, with adult mind in place, let's sit and mm-hmm. watch these films instead of it being me as a kid going, "This is boring. This isn't fun. Where's the genie?" Like yeah. you know, like <laughs> like that type. Like I'm 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 not going to be that. I'm going to be able to actually sit and watch it and have a real opinion on it. So I'm kind of excited. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, we said the tropes and we've said some theories. We've ranked it. I actually have a tweet this week from okay, yes, uh, Putin the glasses, Putin the glasses. <laughs> Putin the glasses. <laughs> now, I just to whoever you are, that is a very clever play on "put on the glasses," which is from, which is from "They Live," which is about putting on glasses to see the real world around you, and the fact that it's Putin the glasses is. You're, you're a clever man, whoever you are, <laughs> <laughs> or lady. Let's just not not let's, put this yes. Down. I'm sorry, and their their picture is. A, a drawing of Putin with 3D glasses on. So that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but the tweet from Putin the glasses is of all the good and magic evil. Uh, sorry, it's good and evil magic we have seen so far. Who would win in a battle? <laughs> no, sorry. Who would win in a wizard's duel? Which is a reference to a movie we haven't watched yet. But so, Jeff, of all the good magic and evil magic we've seen so far, who would win in a fight? That's tough because I mean, so there's a lot of transformation. There's a lot of like or transfiguration. I don't know what the actual proper term for that. People, there's right. a lot of things being turned into other things with the magic powers, both good and evil, that we've seen so far. Because mm-hmm. you because you you go way back to Snow White, and it's like, well, she she turned she physically turned herself into something else. Now it was a potion, but yeah, you could have that potion on you. You know, and you know, like maybe she's like. <laughs> throws a glass bottle and it smashes into the fairy godmother and she changes. Uh, but, um, oh man, I don't know who would win. Who do we have? Who do we, we, okay, we have, we have the evil I witch sh- Snow White, right? Or do you right. have, okay. yeah, well, I, I'm, I've been jotting down a list as we've been talking, so help me babble it out here. So we have the evil witch from Snow White. 
Right. We have the Blue Fairy. Okay. Yep. We we have I, I can't remember his name, but he's the guy who turned all the kids into asses from Pinocchio oh, as well. From Pinocchio. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we have the Sorcerer's Apprentice, the the wizard from the Sorcerer's Apprentice, right? Right, right. Okay, I'm um, I'm, or, I'm already trying to like battle them up against each other in my head. That's why <laughs> the, the 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 guy who turned all the kids into asses. He's definitely low on the list. <laughs> he he is low because I feel like he's a one trick pony. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's how we end. All right. No. <laughs> uh, so we don't have anyone from Dumbo. We don't have anyone, anyone from Bambi. Um, so we're looking at the evil witch. I think Disney uh, – the, sorry, the wizard from Sorcerer's Apprentice could beat her. Then mm. we're looking at the blue fairy. She's inherently good. Could she go up against a battle against someone so powerful like – the wizard from Sorcerer's Apprentice, the sorcerer. Right. Let's just call him. The, let's just call him the sorcerer. Let's just call him the sorcerer. I'm okay. Yeah. With it. I see. I feel like the sorcerer is almost uh, he. He he. To me, almost feels like he'd be probably the more powerful one because it yeah. seems like just who he is and the what he's what he's kind of doing and working on. He comes across comes across as the most powerful one. Right, but there is also the demon of Bald Mountain. True, and he is able to bring the dead back. <laughs> yeah, Cernabog, Cer- Cer- Cernabog, the 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 demon mm. from Bald Mountain versus now that would be a fight worth watching. The wizard, the sorcerer versus the Bald Mountain Cernabog. Oh man, can we have like a twenty minute <laughs> short of that? Because that would be brilliant. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, let's see who who else? Um, I, I can't think of anyone from the package movies that's magic necessarily. Charlie um, McCartney. The puppet. <laughs> the puppet. Okay, so he's 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 dead. Just a dr- the dream that I wish. <laughs> the, all the all the evil people, all the wizard and wizard and, and 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 fairy godmothers, whatever. They're all standing in a line, ready to battle. The door opens, and Charlie McCartney like hops in <laughs> with Edgar Bergman, <laughs> and they all just stop and turn to him. Yeah, and, and then he and just the- explodes into a pile of dust. <laughs> <Poof>. <laughs> And and then we cut back to the the wizards and all them, and they're all just like arms are out, just staring at him with like wands, and then they all just turn back to each other and go, "So where were we, anyways?" And just continue on with the with their fight. Oh boy! And then and then we have the godmother, the fairy godmother. So see now the godmother, I I kind of like to think she she obviously knows what she's doing. She might be mm-hmm, a little absent minded, mm-hmm. but she she knows the power and she has reasoning behind everything she does. Yeah, she's. I think she'd be the the surprise that right. You have, I think the blue fairy could be taken out by Cernabog and the sorcerer, and then it'd be down to the sorcerer, Cernabog, and the and the fairy godmother. I think the fairy godmother would be like a wizard Columbo where she's like, oops, what? Uh-oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. And like just does these little things that catches them completely off guard because they don't expect her to be that type of person. Right, and She's right. able to like easily, easily match, you know, match even with everybody, with the other two, if not somehow take them down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good question. I like man. this. I, 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 that's a really great question. So I think our answer is the fairy godmother probably would be the winner. <laughs> we're, we're giving it. We're, we're doing a little bit of bending in, in some fan fiction, but I think right. that the uh, the sorcerer. His name is Disney backward. I can't remember how to pronounce it, but the sorcerer is definitely a powerful guy, 
and he definitely has a presence to him. He's very, you know, Gandalf, angry Gandalf. And yes, and the Cernabog is a demon of hell. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, he can be defeated by sunlight. Yeah, so I think, or at I least think put back into his wins. sleep. <laughs> I think Fairy Godmother wins because you know what? It, Daylight comes around, and all she has to do is do one big magical spell and just boom. blow the rock to piece to pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Does he come back so, in pieces? Does nighttime come and there's like little fleshy pieces of him all over the floor? That's gross. <laughs> I don't want to so, see po- that. Thank you for tweeting at us, Putin. Putin, on, <laughs> Putin, uh, Putin on the glasses. Put on, put on the, Putin the glasses. Favorite tweet that at us again in, a, in about a dozen <laughs> films because yes. we we will have no lack of powerful magicians and mus- magic users throughout the course of the Disney movies and yes. I, I would love to have this question presented to us again. I, we'll just have to make a <laughs> next time it comes up. I'll make the list before I ask the question. Yes, and, that's probably a good idea. That way we can just kind of go down the list. Yeah, uh, but those good. listening, <laughs> those listening, I, I'd I'd like to hear what you have to say about this question and feel free to comment below of the magic users we've seen so far who do you think is the best who is the most powerful it's definitely a great question and and yeah like you said definitely something that we can we can come back to multiple times as this goes (laughs) because oh man especially because i feel like the magic users get to be more and more the further we go into this Oh, Especially, yeah. like, well, you argue the last 20 years, there's a ton of magic, very powerful magic, either uh, villains or mm-hmm. good guys, because you have, like, the genie and Jafar. The genie and Jafar from that one movie, and from Aladdin alone, you have two, ma- like, very powerful magic users. Yep, yep. You know, and then you get into Frozen, <laughs> and you got them. Oh, my goodness, this is going to be a great question for later. Yes. I'm very excited <laughs> about this question. Okay, I'm I'm putting it out there now. We need to put it out into the world. It has to happen. Disney, you are missing a huge opportunity here to make a Smash Brothers of your di- of your characters. <laughs> How is so there not fun. a Magic Users Smash Brothers style Street Fighter fighting game? Come on, I want it. I want to give it. Give it, I would want that so because because they're and, and think about it look at it because who 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 would play video games? It'd be people from the last thirty years. Yeah, and a lot of your magic users are from the last thirty years. Yeah, there's more prior to that, obviously, like <laughs> who we talked about. But you're I want have this, people yeah. from our generation who would be the ones playing the game. Yes, knowing give me who these people are. Give me a Marvel versus Capcom style fighting game with all your Disney magic users. Now, granted, you're going to want to put in Mickey and, and those non-magic users, but I specifically think the powerhouse <laughs> characters are you the ones who use magic. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and you could argue you could put Mickey in there because if he's wearing the sorcerer's Hat. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He does wield magic. You could argue that that's okay. And I actually, honestly, if if by that, if that's all it takes for Disney to release a game of that nature, mm-hmm. it's like, well, we have to have Mickey, and it's like, all right, well, then just give him the Sorcerer's Hat. Yeah. And they'd be like, okay. oh, okay, yeah, okay, then let's make it the game. Like, if that's all it takes, then yeah, just do it because that'd be now, awesome. What one might say that Disney Infinities is essentially giving us what we're asking for, but Disney's Inf- Disney Infinities is an adventure game. I want specifically right. a side-scrolling fighting yep. game. Yep. With I want Dis- I want Disney I want a character game. select where I can choose which person oh. is going to go up against which person. Let's just fight. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> we're we're yeah. You've. <laughs> we need to make this game. We need to find people who can make video games 
or we just need to start a petition and get Disney to make it. Yes. Hmm. Oh, wow. Disney, well, for those, I know for those you're listening you... to the podcast right now, so please make this. Yes. Yes. They're waiting to give us the cease and desist. Um, yes. That's uh, why this entire those... episode is full of copyrighted Disney music. <laughs> so, <laughs> for those anyway. listening, if you'd like to tweet at us, you can tweet at Jeff at Random Bell, or you can tweet at me at TC's Big Head, and of course we have the Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash. Top shelf pod. Yes, I got it. Yay! <laughs> you, can, you can you can comment there as well. But um, yeah, that's a great question. That's a fantastic, <laughs> and that's definitely one that has a lot of legs. And we will be coming back if we do not bring that question up again in mm-hmm. like ten or fifteen episodes. Please, everybody out there, remind us to mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. because we we have to. We we absolutely have to. That is a fantastic question. That's <laughs> Oh man, my my head is already like my head is already wandering about all the future people <laughs> that we could talk about. <laughs> the oh, unlocked characters. We have an unlocked, unlocked character screen right now. Yeah. <laughs> yep, we have to we have to battle with these first couple in order to unlock them and so many hours of play, so like they used to back in the day. So so Jeff, uh, we've we're kind of wrapping up here. Is this is this movie worth worth showing to kids? Is this movie worth watching? Should people go back to this? You know what? This is definitely one of those films that there's nothing scary in this movie. There's absolutely nothing scary. Um, even even the bad guy comes off as you know like she's she's not necessarily a bad and the, it's a cat is the other like really main bad guy. Right. Uh, I will say Lady Tremaine is the one of the best villains we've seen so far because she's so developed in design and characteristics that she she's. She, even though she's so minor of a villain in what mm-hmm. her intentions are, she's so well realized. She's a great villain for this. Yep. for the movies we've seen so far. And she's not magical. She doesn't actually have any like like qualities to her like we've seen for the traditional bad guy for the couple um, that we have that we have seen so far. Uh, but the it, she's still yeah you can tell she's she's inherently evil. She you can tell see that she doesn't want Cinderella to be technically happy that she's kind of taking her taking advantage of her and and it's a it's a it's a it's a really good movie like i thoroughly enjoyed cinderella if you haven't gone back and watched this um find it find check this movie out and watch it with watch it with someone young because this definitely this is a a a movie to show someone in, in if you have a love for frozen you should be watching all the classic disney princess movies Right. And this is the this is the true first. I know Snow White is the first Disney princess, but this one we've listed it more than once in this episode of what this movie is doing. Yep, and it, and it set, works it's setting so a standard. well. Yep, it's, it's yeah. setting a standard. Like like this is this is what people traditionally think of as the Disney uh, the Disney princesses. Cinderella is that. Like, and it's it's it. It feels good. It was a good movie. It's a really fast runtime. There's a lot of really good jokes in it. A lot of good humor. Again, for a movie from 1950, it's a lot of humor that, as we've already said, you would have seen today in in mm-hmm. films. And uh, yeah, I, I actually would have liked to have seen this like with my nieces because I think I would like to get their uh, their opinion reactions on it, their reactions on it. Yeah. Uh, it's coming from me. It's coming from a you know. A, an early thirties year old guy <laughs> who didn't well, I, watch I, this one as a kid, and I still enjoyed it. It's it's great. I think it's easy to remember this one incorrectly, as you did with some of the elements. But I think that it's easy to remember the cliche Disney princess uh, singing to birds that help her, blah blah blah, getting married happily right. ever after, right? right? But there, it, you're, you said it. There's a lot of great jokes, and it's a great pace, and this is a, this is a good movie. So. 
I'm curious to see what the listeners have to say. Yes, as CC said, everybody leave your comments below the post when I post this, which if you're if you're listening to it now, it's because you probably saw the post or it's on iTunes <laughs> feed. So just leave comments. We like like hearing. And thanks again, thanks again for Thomas for leaving um, comments and messages. TC's TC's really great at interacting with people. I feel horrible. I don't do it more. <laughs> I really need to do it more. I'm so sorry, everybody. And uh, obviously, thanks to Jessica for the comment regarding last week's films and the uh, the package movies and all that stuff, and about mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not Pixar. Uh, if, if, if it would work if Pixar had released a feature-length film. So I wanted to just bring those two up because, again, as I said before, we like talking with you guys. <laughs> yes, I like we're... seeing TC talk to you guys is what I'm saying, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we're but, happy uh, to engage. But, uh, yes, yeah, I think, exactly. we've, I think we've reached the end of our conversation. Yep. Cinderella, good movie. And with that, TC... I uh, I think I think that's it. I think we we would insert our sign off here. This is a sign off. Yeah, <laughs> complete with music. Live and nice lady. All right, goodbye everybody. <laughs> <laughs>